Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I'm so glad you could come. This is going to be such an exciting day. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. asleep in front of your TV, I am hoping, just hoping, that you're online or on your phone and you're listening to another edition of Page One. I am LeVar in the Midwest where we are due, I kid you not, well I know some places have already gotten it, we are due for snow next week. Shh. <laughs> Out on the West, Mary is here. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing all right. all snow, seriously. Yes. Chances of snow. Now, depending upon who you ask, different weather models state yes and no, but there is a chance that the Midwest, including here in Chicago, will see snow next Tuesday, Wednesday, and possibly Thursday. Now, it's not like 10 inches of stuff. It's going to be like that flying stuff through the air that's enough to like get you to like thinking about winter and then it quickly melts away so and that's why the midwest has halloween costumes that are six sizes too big now, you know you what, the snow suit underneath. funny thing about halloween with it being next week and this is I, I kid you not now this is the show that pretty much i will tell you that anything will probably be talked about uh we do have things to talk about this <laughs> evening but i had a conversation with someone the other day and they could not believe it. And I actually had to show them pictures because, once again, in showing my age, um, I will say, what, what, I'm trying to think. Now, we are generation what? Uh, uh, oh, you're going to ask me that? I, think I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> I have no clue. I think we fall outside of X. I forgot which one it is. Is, is it Y or Z or whatever it is? I don't, I don't know. There whatever are some it people is. that say that we're millennials. <laughs> If they want to slap that tag on, I guess I'm fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm old enough to remember going to Woolworth. Um, For you kids that don't know what Woolworth is, look it up. Uh, I think it was Dollar Tree before Dollar Tree, but Woolworth was a little bit more expensive. But every year we would get our Halloween costumes, and it would be the ones on that little like a cardboard hanger and it would have the plastic mask and the plastic like outfit that went along with it and I do believe that one year I went as He-Man when I was smaller I used to go every year as a clown I would pick out the same costume every year and after you were done because you know when you put on those plastic masks I mean these were like it would last probably a couple hours before it started to rip at the bottom, and it had, like, a little rubber band that you would, like, put around your face. So the rubber band would start to itch. The plastic mask would start, like, sweating inside. 
and you would put this plastic like costume on over your clothes, your regular clothes, and you'd start. If Halloween was hot that night, you were sweating, or you probably passed out. But um, <laughs> nowadays, it's gone like a little bit farther, where you're actually like wearing the exact clothes, or you go out and you try and find like the, you know, the costume that fits to like the exact replica of. But I was like, I remember those costumes. Sexy drop right now. Yeah, and after you were done, you would throw them away. You'd just be done. You throw them away. You didn't save them. I wanted to save my mask, but it was like, what for? You sweated it out. I'm not sure about you. <laughs> but that was like the nah, Halloween. Nah. No? I was a ghost most times. You threw a shirt and you threw a white curtain or sheet over top of whatever you were wearing because you never knew if you were wearing shorts that year or a snowsuit. So it was just easier. Wow. I have plenty of pictures of me as a ghost. You know what? The other day, Great Pumpkin did come on. I think ABC is going to be showing it twice this year. Uh, I know they showed it last week, and I think they will be probably showing it on Halloween night. Um, Some people aren't Charlie Brown fans. Did you watch The Great Pumpkin? No, I did not watch The Great Pumpkin. No. I'm not going to watch The Great Pumpkin. There's gonna be a lot of Charlie Brown. I I like Charlie Brown. I do. I just don't watch the Great Pumpkin. Unbelievable. I think this year you should watch. It's not that unbelievable. Considering I don't like Brad Rogers, everybody's gonna get all up in arms about that. I might as well not watch Great Pumpkin as well. Ruin childhood everywhere. Do I need to come and take you to see the new movie with Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers? God, that that movie is freaking me out a little bit because I love Tom Hanks and I don't like Mr. Rogers, and now I've got to deal with whether I like Tom Hanks more than not liking Mr. Rogers to see if what I want to see that movie. I'm not going to put you to the spot. Why don't you like Mr. Rogers? Everybody loves Mr. Rogers. I don't. Rogers. He was nope, nope, nope. He was for something about <laughs> I don't know what it was. He ended up being the creepy man that was asking me to get into his windowless van and look at the puppy. I like seriously, he creeped me out. I don't know why. It might have been the fact that he came home, changed out of a jacket and into a sweater, and changed his shoes and didn't do normal things like everybody else that's played with puppets. It could be that. I don't. I don't know. A very nice person, I'm sure. Well, was a very nice person, I'm sure. But no, creepy. Very, very, very creepy. By the way, there's two good documentaries out. If you wanted to know more about Mr. Rogers. Actually, I think they're quite well. If you haven't seen it yet, I think the one that came out in the movie theaters last year, I think it was uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor or something like that, but it was really good because you had a chance to see a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff and talk to people who knew him best, including his wife. And was he perfect? They don't try to cast that out there, but it was kind of like he learned to move with the times. And I think that's what made him so special because it was like he accepted a lot of people. I think I think he was a minister, I believe, or went to uh, school to become one. And so it was, you know, I think that persona that kind of helped in regards to, like, uh, trying to get a message across. But it's a really good documentary. If you haven't seen it, it's on. But I think it was on HBO at one point. But, yeah, definitely. But anyway, we digress. That's just how conversations <laughs> From time to time. 
but um, we have a few topics to talk about tonight. Um, one of which I'm always kind of careful with uh, how I go into things because I don't want to step too far into something in which I could get trouble for later. <laughs> um, so I will tell you this. The first story, I'm pretty sure, kind of bought a little bit of a, um, how can I say, it was a bad attempt at trying to train. Now, a lot of jobs have different training, and I am going to say, before I go into this, uh, I'm not defending this company, but um, I think they learned their lesson from what happened. But if those of you haven't heard about it earlier this week, uh, there were reports, uh, if you read the Huffington Post, and I'm not going to take phone calls on what you believe with the Huff Post, but uh, it was an interesting one that the company Ernst & Young, um, and hopefully one day they could be a sponsor. <laughs> Hi, Ernst & Young. <laughs> um, but Ernst & Young, back in June of uh, 2018, or around that time, had 30 female executives in for training, which was held at their brand new office in Hoboken. Long story short, uh, there was a 55-page presentation that was used during the day-and-a-half seminar on leadership and empowerment. One of the attendees, who was appalled by its contents, provided the Huffington Post with what was trained at that time. And a lot of people would say that it was full of out-of-touch advice. The presentation focused on how women need to fix themselves to fit into a male-dominated workplace. Uh, the training, which was called Power, Presence, Purpose, or PPP, took place during the height of the Me Too movement when sexual misconduct accusations dominated the news. Now, in response, you know, a lot of large businesses, including Ernst & Young, pretty much tried to shore up their sexual harassment policies and training. And a few companies even banned forced arbitration over allegations of sex discrimination and assault. Some men were fired. Uh, Ernst & Young, which is one of the largest accounting firms in the world, and still recovering from their own accusations, uh, did this seminar. And within it, uh, the focus, as we said, was on self-improvement for women. But after the HuffPost inquired the training in early October this year, uh, Ernst & Young, and we will report this, said that the course had been under review for months and that the June 2018 event was the last time that version of training was held at the company and that the course is no longer offered in its current form. Uh, what happened with Good. that course is that some of the things that was in there, um, and I'm going to actually put this link on our page, the show page at News Comment, uh, kind of was a little bit 50-ish. Um, such as things as not showing your distracting skin, or um, I mean, it was it was really bad. And I'll let Barry before I even kind of go fully into it. You read the story, yes. Just from your opinion, <laughs> you this, <laughs> no, you, you saw this training seminar cover You do not want my opinion on this. Um, what? I, okay, first of all, that that was so, I don't know who they have reviewing their training sessions, but there had to have been a female in that room. And if there wasn't, that's the first thing they did wrong. 
And then the second thing they did wrong, if there was, is that female should have spoke up. That was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. Distracting um, skin. Seriously, like, come on. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to see a men's collarbone ever again. No, not doing it. No. I, I, I think won't even one of those things was anymore. like a warning, like, don't flaunt your body. Sexuality scrambles the mind for men and women. Yeah. The most important thing a woman can do is signal fitness and wellness. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so don't flaunt your sexuality, but don't be fat. That right. is what it said. Don't be sexy, but don't be fat. We don't want you curvy. But if you're going to be skinny, make sure you're covered from your chin to your knees. It, it, it was so contradictory and so ridiculous all at the same time. Yeah, and was, among I, some I, of the other... I, I, yeah. <laughs> be ugly. If you want to work at Ernst & Young, be ugly. That's the only way you're going to get to be an executive and be empowered, I guess. Be ugly. Hey, like I said... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they learned their lesson, but holy cow, man. I was like, it's common sense, and even in this day and age, some of the other things was uh, talking about, of course, the don't show the skin. If you do, men are less likely to focus because of sex. Uh, the advice uh, one of the people said made them feel like a piece of meat. And there was a long list of invisible rules for men and women, and it painted a bleak portrait of contrast, uh, contrasting communication styles. It says that women often speak briefly and often ramble and miss the point in meetings. By comparison, a man will speak at length because he really believes in his idea. And women don't interrupt effectively like men. Women wait their turn. And it's baloney <laughs> to interrupt. That is BS to the 900th degree. Now, it I just really it. is. I get it probably why no one said anything because they're probably all in shock. They probably didn't want to lose their job. But I'm just, I guess I'm not surprised that even in 2019 that there are some things outdated such as that. I don't know how much farther we have to go before this. We shouldn't even need 50s-type training just courses. The like. thing, it's, it's so – okay, it's one, it was focused on females, so why? why? Because that, like, I just don't understand how you would focus an entire training course. Like, it, it gives away that whole, like, I, I, I'm so frustrated by this right now, and that, not just because I'm female. It's, it's because it's called a training course. I don't need to be trained not to put my sexuality out there. It's beat into us from very young. But then beyond that, it's like, oh, but if you use your sexuality to get ahead, it just it, it turns into a mess. It's just a mess, and it shouldn't have been done to begin with. It shouldn't have been like, hey, we want to empower you. Great, wonderful, empower us. By the way, don't wear good perfume because people will think that you're sexy and they're not going to pay attention to what you're telling them to invest for. What? It's insane. But I would think that a big, huge company and uh... – I think uh, one of the other things, too, was before the workshop, according to the Huffington Post, women were also given a, quote, masculine-feminine score sheet, which had them rate their adherence to stereotypical masculine and feminine uh, characteristics, both on the job and outside the office. The so-called masculine traits included acts as a leader, aggressive, ambitious, analytical, has leadership ability, strong personality, willing to take a stand. The so-called feminine traits 
included affectionate, cheerful, childlike, compassionate, gullible, loves children, and yielding. None of the feminine yeah, traits because involve all leadership. women love children. Yeah. <laughs> it it, Which is it was wholly not true. I don't know. This could who this could shocked. go on for like seriously decades. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just shocked, though, that a big company like that, knowing that this was a course involved to, like, uh, empowerment for females, didn't ask a group of females before this was brought out to be instructed if this was okay. Right. Does this empower you? That's a, it's, it, here, here's the thing. You're going to call it an empowerment kind of thing. You go to, go to one female. Go to three females. And it doesn't even have to be a ton. You don't have to do a whole focus group. One, does this empower you? Read through it. And if she did, just made a face on one, I, on just one, there were so many things that were wrong with that training course. So many things. I'm not even, we haven't even gotten through the entire thing that they listed. And it's no. just insane. I could seriously talk about this for two hours of how wrong and how ridiculous this is. I get where they were trying to go, I think, but it's 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 just it, they, okay. You've got Me Too. You've got the transgender movement with everyone that's starting to be more inclusive. Um, um, you have with the whole gender identity. Uh, being masculine or feminine or non-binary or any of those things. And some of that I'm, I'm going to 100% just throw out there. I don't understand all of it. I'm pretty old school, and that's it. But when it comes down to it, I don't believe that when it comes to a leadership role and an executive role that any person, male, female, non-binary, whatever you identify as, um, needs to be told, dress. Uh, perfume or cologne, haircuts, how they hold themselves. Like there's, if they're going to be in an executive role, it's going to be how they interact with and how they empower the people around them to be good leaders. They're going to be inclusive and they're going to be strong. And they're, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be hard nosed about things. There's a lot of things that you can be without having to be directly feminine or masculine or both. It just it, there's a lot of things there, and it just one person could have easily just made a face and been like, "Ooh, no, not good." I not I good. guess I'm a little too confused as to how something like that can occur, and I'm thinking that even in the midst of the Me Too movement, which still goes on, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's something where jobs just don't know how to approach this. They're trying to be at the forefront, but I don't think they know how to approach it, if that makes sense. Um, well, they're too afraid. Everybody's so PC about it, and they're so and, – and, and no offense to any of the ladies or the men out there, but seriously, wash the sand out of your collective vaginas. We have to, like, grow up a little bit. At one point in time, we could actually talk about this stuff. And if I'm going to get offended by it, that's on me. It's not on you. If you're being honest, if you're being truthful, if you're coming from a place that is not hurtful, then why would you get offended? And if I'm offended, then there's something else going on. Not, do you see where I'm going with that? Like, I'm not saying be mean. Now, there's a difference. 
Don't Mm -hmm. be mean, but you can be direct and honest and truthful. And like I said, come from a place that's not, not come from a place that's to hurt someone. It's a place of being just being forthright. This is what's going on. I don't like the what you're wearing because I think it makes your thighs look big. If you get offended by me, then I'm sorry, but it does make your thighs look big. I'm not saying it because I think you're fat or I'm being mean. It's because it makes your thighs look big. And we're in a generation now, I think, that everybody really steps back and goes, oh, my God, I'm going to offend. I need to, like, soft sell everything. And it makes addressing Me Too and addressing gender identity and addressing everything else that's going on right now, like, all of a sudden, everybody has to be tippy toe and walk on eggshells around it and it kind of loses some of its focus, I think. My two-minute rant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you. I think that's like your first two-minute rant. <laughs> I Yeah. There's plenty of times that I've wanted to rant, but you do a better job. No. No, <laughs> no not me. But uh, I, I couldn't agree more with everything you said. It's like I get it because a lot of companies are scared to probably uh, say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, and they go full speed ahead with what eventually was the wrong thing. <laughs> In this case, very wrong Absolutely, thing. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, the one thing that I am, I guess, going to accept is that at least they acknowledged <laughs> that it was probably not the wrong thing. Uh, that they need to rethink that and not just scrap it all. Because, you know, a lot of people or places, they will attempt it, and the minute that something goes wrong, they scrap it all together and just pretty much keep their fingers crossed and hope that it doesn't, you know, uh, mm-hmm. pop up. But. At the same and, time, they and they do have some valid points. Like you know, if you're going to dress, dress appropriately, not too scantily clad. And there are some things out there that, like you know, tone down the makeup so you're not like going in there seriously. Some of this makeup is like insane. So I get where they're going with some of it, um, but it's a, it's a common sense thing. I think they went too far. Hmm. Is what it is. So there's some of it that is valid, and not specifically just for women. So right. I'm, I'm glad that they acknowledged it and that they're going to look at it and they'll tweak it. It's good. Yeah, so I don't know how I uh, how I feel about that. So it, it's it's kind of like uh, at the same time we give you uh, a plus for a million. So at the same time you kind of failed. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I guess. I guess the only clip is like, hey, you admitted it, so, but at the same time, you just presenting it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) not a good idea. (laughs) Speaking of somebody that probably deserved that last horn. Um, I don't, I'm going to be careful with this. But once again, this is like the day where I'm tiptoeing around. I'm not sure if it's because it's Friday. If I'm like, try to be good. I'm going to be like, 
admonish, but at the same time, because the story has updated since then, I will say, okay, we're going to sit back and see how you are from here on out. But uh, Twitter, as well as the pretty much social media, um, within the last week, uh, well, this past weekend, Miley Cyrus took to Instagram uh, to do a live video with Cody Simpson, who she's dating. I have no idea who he is. I thought he was like... I have no idea. Sorry, Cody. Anyway. (laughs) Um, At times, or looking back on her history together, her 22-year-old main man suggested that there were times when they weren't on the same page. He says... um, I'm gonna, I feel like I lose IQ points when I repeat, or <laughs> quote these people. He says, <laughs> I stand her, and then she stand me. Well, I didn't stand her. Now we stand each other. I have no idea what that means. If you're younger and you understand it, tell me, please. I actually do uh, understand that, and that's the scary part of this. <laughs> I'm just quoting what he said. <laughs> I'll explain it later. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, Don't worry about it. Yeah. So in this case, uh, Miley Cyrus then agreed and then said that there was a point where she was, quote, not allowing anyone in. She says, guys, I was being a little too, like, hardcore feminist vibes and just like, I don't know, not allowing anyone in, but now I am. Did I do that right? Yeah. Okay. Then she says, there are good men out there, guys. Don't give it up. You don't have to be gay. There are good people... I usually don't swear, so <laughs> I'm going to use the alt. Yeah, I normally word. Okay. do. What? I'm trying to think tonight. But I don't. Just I should have gave you this story. You should have, uh, but you didn't. Now you're already you? into it. We're all. I know. We're all adults. And see, I didn't think this through because I would actually be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> we know how Miley talks, but it's another word for the male anatomy. So I guess the word I'll use tonight is uh, anatomy, uh, and I'm meeting it in the course of a guy. But she says there's plenty of good people with anatomies out there. You just got to find them. You got to find an anatomy that's not an anatomy. You know what I mean? She then added, I always thought I had to be gay because I just thought, like, all guys were evil, but it's not true. There are good people out there that just happen to have anatomies. I've only ever met one, and he's on this live. So... Those, of course, those comments were interpreted to be a dig at her ex, Liam Hemsworth. And if you recall that they filed for divorce in August after less than a year of marriage. And after news of the split broke, he took the high road and said he wished her nothing but health and happiness going forward. And a lot of people uh, were not happy about the way that she kind of said those comments. Um she took the Twitter to set the record straight after fans began speculating that her Instagram live video was pretty much a dig at him. And a lot of people were thinking that she was telling people to choose their sexuality. And she did go back and she did say that she was just talking crap about sucky guys, but let me be clear, you don't choose your sexuality. You are born as you are. It has always been my priority to protect the LGBTQ community that I'm part of. Happy Monday. But I guess in this case, you know, it's sad that somebody had to tell her to go back and actually um, <laughs> issue a retraction. Mm-hmm. But 
When you have to backtrack, you know you did something wrong. Yeah. I mean, this originally, when we saw this article, uh, we were pretty much about to just slam Miley a new one. (laughs) I'm going to give it a benefit of the doubt, but this is what we were talking about before with, you know, comments or things that are pretty much kind of made in haste and you don't actually think about the meaning. And... Pre her turning around and like correcting this, uh, I know you had a lot that you were going to say about her. <laughs> I already have I, some opinions about her, but that's let's, let's go ahead. <laughs> but in a way, I'm glad that this was kind of well an error the way it was because it does bring up something. Because her quotes and her comments. Even though I'm not questioning her, you know, support of the community, but her quotes and comments kind of are a small, uh, what's the word I'm going to use? I'm not going to use stupid. (laughs) Um, Miss uh, uninformed and uh, it's miseducated, probably the best word for this, uh, portion of population and there are a lot of people who thought that same way and I was going to say you know with what happened you know people were right to come down on her for that I'm glad she kind of like um, you know backtracked on that but man alive that does not help you know especially coming from a big celebrity Uh, as we always say it doesn't help the cause Miley (laughs) not helping at all right and when you heard well, that, uh, well, it, it comes down, yeah, it comes down to okay. Uh, full disclosure, I am a, a 100% an ally to the community. I am one of those few people out there that will go, nope, I'm proud to be heterosexual. There's no question about what I like to do and and who I like to hang out with and who, if I date anyone, will be. Um, I one of my best friends in the world, outside of Lavar, is gay. Um, and love him to death. A um, couple of my, you know, a couple of people I know are still going through and trying to figure out their own sexuality and gender, and learning about that is um, something that I get to have in my life, and I'm, I'm a very lucky person to do that. So that's full disclosure. We're starting right there. Oh, and one the more comment she made. Go through the rest of the story, by the way. Uh, sure. We always welcome callers. We always welcome anyone that wants to call in. But if you're thinking on the negative end, I will tell you right now, this is not the place to do it because you're not welcome here. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Negative is fine. I mean, hey, we can always talk about the negative. The negative makes the positive just as positive. But here's the thing. I don't bash. I don't bash. (laughs) Yeah, I don't bash. If you're going to be, if you're just going to bash, then forget it. But if you're yeah. into a discussion and you have a different view than I do, by all means, like, yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm open to listening to views. Um, yeah, please. Her like, comments all out negative? Were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Her comments were ill-informed, misinformed. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, she didn't think before she spoke. And this just goes back to some of the crap that she pulled when she was not trying to be Hannah Montana or whatever the heck she was called. I've forgotten. Which one? Was it, was it Hannah Montana? Yeah, it was Hannah Montana. I've forgotten. Yeah, the whole good, wholesome person, and she's trying to go, like, far to the extreme. 
I understand there's a growing process, and she's still quite young, but come on, Miley. Like, there's the fact that you had to backtrack, you said something wrong, and you knew it. Not that somebody pointed it out to you, but you knew it. After you put that down, you had to backtrack and go, crap, I didn't think. And that's awful when you are someone that is a celebrity. You should not have to sit there and say, I didn't think. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am in agreement all the way on that one because yeah, I I read that and I was like, really, Miley? And I was like, no. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure she had time to think about it. And her, you know, I always say when you're trying to burn somebody or when you're trying to, you know, uh, to talk bad about someone, there's in the midst of your comments, you can always probably hurt somebody else, and I know it probably was not meant. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt this time. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Miley but just, she said some crap in the past as well, and it's just, it's like, I don't I don't know if she's trying to go for shock value, stop. You don't need to shock people. You don't need to be an extremist. To be somebody that's part of the community, to be an ally of the community, you don't need to be an extremist. You want to be fine, by all means, if that's who you are. But you don't have to. That's not. I don't have to go singing off the rooftops. I'm an ally. Mm-hmm. To be an ally, I just exactly. need to be open. I need to be honest. I need to be forthright. I need to be in a good place and be accepting of what people say. Now, it doesn't mean I have to agree. Two things that are outside of the whole debacle with what you said about the you don't have to be gay because that's the first thing she did wrong. But mm-hmm. then. The fact that she was, everybody thinks that she was trying to slam Liam. I'm sorry, Liam, if you're hurt and need, like, some comfort, <laughs> I am more than willing to be that shoulder to cry on. I mean, come on. He's a good-looking man, and he put up with her wild and crazy crap, and just, he's, oh, and he's got an accent. Thank you, and he looks good in the beard. He's related to Chris. I'd be, yeah, okay, sign me up for that, please. Like, lady, no. Sorry. Is it Cody? <laughs> I already forgot. Simpson? I think it's Cody. No, Zach and Cody, but you're ahead, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, sorry. Didn't mean to, like, you know, say anything bad about you. But, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Liam, I can give you my phone number. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> See, you're lucky. This week I actually know who Liam Hemsworth is. I think last week when I said something about Christina Hendricks being single, I got nothing. Nada. I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I got it. Uh, By the way, if you are listening, (laughs) welcome to page one. I'm LaVar. She's Barry. (laughs) Uh, We're here every Friday night. I guarantee you we will have – at some point here, because I know last week, before you start asking, we were on at midnight, 11 Central. Hour earlier this week, we will have a definitive time here coming up. I guarantee you, it's going to happen. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> at least we're still here. We're giving you, like, you know, something. But it will happen soon, and we, you will be the first to know about it. Um. But yeah, it's I yeah I'm I'm ready to get off the Miley story. We we got a little bit of time here. Now remember last week we 
talked about pretty much our top ten TV theme songs that if we had to take ten of them with us, you know, these are the ones that we would do. Now, after the show, Mary mm-hmm. and I did a discussion about some other ones that made the list that some of us kind of forgot about. Some of us kind of like, oh, yeah. Uh, probably in the next few weeks or so, uh, we will probably bring up our more definitive list on things. But I actually think that these lists are kind of fun. I'm not going to, like, do it every week. But uh, last week we kind of got on the whole topic of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And if there like is me, any, debate, any debate that causes a huge rift every year among music fans, and I use the term music fans loosely, um, it's of who should be in the Rock Hall, who isn't in the Rock Hall, who and who should be, and who shouldn't even be there at all, but is. So this year, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, once again, has come out with its uh, finalists. And out of all of those finalists, uh, they also do something where the fans have an official fan vote. And you can go to vote.rockhall.com. You can find out more about it there, and you can actually vote yourself. And the top five artists, as selected by the public, will comprise a fan's ballot that will be tallied along with the other ballots to choose from the 2020 inductees. So, last week, the homework assignment that I gave to my wonderful partner here was mm-hmm. out of the list of people Torture. to select only five. If she was to go into a meeting room and only had five to go. Now, before we begin, I'm going to tell you the ones who are eligible for the Rock Hall no particular order. <laughs> it's uh, MC5, Kraftwerk. Now, if I had to go through a whole entire like autobiography on these people, yeah, that, you're done for. Uh, Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, Notorious B.I.G., T-Rex, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Thin Lizzy, Todd Rundgren, Motorhead, Whitney Houston, Depeche Mode, uh, Dave Matthews Band, Soundgarden, Judas Priest, the Doobie Brothers, and Pat Benatar. So I think I misunderstood my assignment. Because <laughs> <laughs> I picked the five the five people that I think should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and my list comprises of four that are already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and one that I think should be in there. Not okay. the five that I would choose off that list. Is that oh. did I do that wrong? <laughs> Ah, you know what? We <laughs> he have time. If I did that wrong, I can I can I can do the five real fast off that list. I already have like the ones that I think. Well, I don't know if it's five, but if I did it wrong, you, then I did it wrong. You, you know what? I, <laughs> you know the funny thing I'm thinking is that as I was saying that, probably in your brain you were probably like, oh. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I was like, God, darn it. See, I stopped myself that time. But, well, yeah, I totally did it wrong. I misunderstood. Well, you were probably thinking about that uh, scene in Christmas Story. I think I have it. Hold on a second. Oh. Fudge. Only I. <laughs> Only I didn't say fudge. I didn't say fudge. Yeah, so that was probably what you were thinking at that point. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I misunderstood. Hey, at least I admit it. Well, you know, I'm curious. The list that you have, 
You said you had four plus the one that should be? Uh-huh. Go My with that top one. one that should be I'm curious to hear the who you got. One? Then pick it up and put the other four pieces in there. Okay, so the four that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right now that I thought should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and are on my list, those are both, like, part of my top five. Um, and you're going to laugh at me because I'm just going to do it this way. But um, the Beatles, obviously, Prince. Of course. Um, I picked Miles Davis and okay. Rush. And uh, I'm a huge Rush fan. I don't care that people don't like the fact that they're in there. The one that's on my list that I believe is still not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if I did the the looking at the list correctly, was Pat Benatar. I think she needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, Off the list that you just read, I'd include Nine Inch Nails, uh, Whitney Houston, Notorious B.I.G., and those are the only other three that I would include that are – oh, Doobie Brothers and the Doobie Brothers. Those would be the other four of the top five on the list of inductees that could be going in. So – I so will tell you the right five now. Off based the list of the people that are nominated. Let's do it that way. Yeah. So based upon your list, right now you would only agree with two picks out of like the five. Because I'll tell you the latest picks mm-hmm. as of tonight. So for the Rock Hall, the fan vote, coming in at number five, Judas Priest. Number four, Dave Matthews Band. They have uh, oh, really? a little, little bit. Yeah, they have a little bit over a million votes. Um, and I'm sorry, they, no, they've got about 187,000 votes. Uh, Soundgarden uh, comes in third with 203,000 votes. Uh, the Doobie Brothers are second with 209,000 votes, and leading the fan vote is Pat Benatar at 231,000 votes. So I think everyone pretty mm-hmm. much uh, agrees with you. Uh, falling right outside of that in order, uh, well, I'm not going to go through the entire thing, but pretty much the next closest one would be Depeche Mode. So I would tell you, before I even go into my fan vote, I don't know why every year when this happens, you get some fans who are hurt that that their band isn't in it and that they'll never be um, acknowledged or then they think that, or Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that you actually have to be a rock and roll band, which yeah. I'm going to tell you music fans now to get over it. Uh, rock and roll, even in its beginning stages, isn't the current rock that you're thinking of now. When rock and roll first started, that encompassed a lot of pop and R&B. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rock and roll era, mm-hmm. you know, is a lot of... When you, think of 50s rock and roll, you're not thinking of Pantera and you're not thinking of Megadeth. <laughs> Sorry. Right. It's not yeah. going to happen that way. You're thinking of like Smokey and the Robinsons. Who well, that was now? in the 50s, but you know what I'm saying. Did Oops. I say Robinsons? <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> Late. Did you just say Smokey and the Robinsons? <laughs> I was going to say Smokey and the... Smoking the band. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. No, because you get a pass because here's what happened. Uh, one day, someone who <laughs> shall go nameless um, was in the car with me. And, no, it wasn't you. Oh, no, it wasn't you. And I started to play a song from the Beatles. Smoking the Bandits. <laughs> oh, no. Smoking the Bandits. I love that <laughs> 
So as the Beatles song came on, I said, hey, you know, I said, you do know who this is, don't you? And they proceeded to say, yeah, it's the monkeys, right? Now, for those of you that don't know, I am a huge Beatles fan. Um, and my disappointment lingers to this day, and you can tell it in my voice. <laughs> I'm <laughs> actually, not a big Beatles fan, is, is I know the when, difference. Yes. And when the funny thing is, is that a lot of people think the monkeys should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, I'm a little bit on the tight See, line only, on that one because they didn't really play their own I can only remember one. Yeah, I can only remember one song that was big of theirs, so. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, in the era of Smokey and Robinson. Robinson. In, I don't know. I don't know why I said Amba. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> I am surprised a lot. I am surprised with like Dave Matthews, really. Like, that. if you're going to do the whole I want it to be rock, like, that's Dave Matthews is very soft compared to like Judy Priest. So, uh, yeah, but this is, yeah. I only agree with two of them. Nation after. (laughs) (laughs) And the bandit. Smokey and the bandit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when Smokey. When Smokey and the Bandit was singing on the radio. Come on. Yeah. No, Smokey and the Bandit, that would be late 70s. He wouldn't even be singing. Uh, actually, favorite song, one of my favorite songs all time, and <laughs> people would get so mad at it, uh, Jerry Reed, Eastbound and Down from Smokey and the Bandit. Love that song. Some people can't stand it. Really? But no, I can't either, but that's all right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, I did not Rush. get my list yet, did I? No, no, you um, didn't. Give me your list. So, <laughs> and the Robinsons. Yeah, and the Robinsons. <laughs> hey, if you were going to go that way, I would have said, you know, Smokey and the Commodores. <laughs> Smokey and the Miracle. <laughs> That's Lionel Richie. Oh, my God. Smokey just... and the Miracle. Oh, I thought you were going to go that route. Now you got me doing no. that. No. My list was to do it. Uh, Pat Benatar, because yes, I mean, when you mm-hmm. think about the rock and roll, Pat Benatar definitely has her place in it. I, uh, this got, this got really, really hard for me because as much, I did not include the Notorious B.I.G. I did not this time mm-hmm. around. I don't think that it's time. So okay. my top five would be Pat Benatar. It would be. The Doobie Brothers. Um, it would be Judas Priest. If I'm gonna go full like rock, rock, and put something in, this is tough. But I don't think it's Dave Matthews Band time either. I put Motorhead, and then I put Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Only reason I put Motorhead was because I know within the last few years they've lost a couple of members of Motorhead. And the more when that band pretty much starts to die off, the more that there's a greater appreciation of their music or rock. And I know for probably true rock fans, it will probably pacify a lot of them if you know a band such as Motorhead gets put in. Uh, I think the Motorhead vote will probably be okay for those who don't see Thin Lizzy getting in or a Nine Inch Nails, 
or a Judas Priest if they don't make it. Um, I thought Dave Matthews band, but I think a lot of people think of Dave. When I think Dave Matthews, I mean, for full disclosure, we both went to college late 90s, early 2000. But mm-hmm. Dave Matthews band was kind of like that sitting in a dark room with a blue light, you know, chilling with your friends type of sh- uh, show, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't, you know, Dave Matthews, I don't think uh, rollicking rock and roll with Dave Matthews. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, is he hall worthy? Yeah, but I don't think first ballot. Because trust me, and I still have a gripe about this, if you couldn't put Janet Jackson in on the first ballot, and it took her an additional, like, year or two to get in, I don't think Dave Matthews should get in. I mean, if you were to talk about, like, redemption, you know, I, I gave my five. I would probably even say mm-hmm. this would shock a con. You know, they paid their dues, oh, and Shaka yeah. Khan is a legend in this business. If you're going to slide mm-hmm. somebody in who's long overdue, it would probably be her, too. But I know that's mm-hmm. not going to happen because not enough people probably fully appreciate it, but... It is what it is, but yeah. I well, would, yeah, would, I mean, like Nine Inch Nails was a good one, and Whitney, I, I, Whitney should go into. I mean, she really was influential, regardless of pop. Um, oh yeah, she was very influential. Oh yeah, and that's why I've had Whitney and uh, and Pat Benatar going at the same time. So I was like, you know, those were mine. Soundgarden, I don't know if they're really first ballot worthy. Um, I don't think so either. I don't think so, so either. And, and I'm not mad at you about the notorious B.I.G. I actually, I'm not. I, I I think he should go in. There, there's a lot of influence there. I kind of think that he, he's going to go in at the same time as um, Tupac. I think he already did. He already did. Did Tupac already go in? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Then yeah. Then he. Well, mm, all right. Well, they should have gone in at the same time. That would have been an interesting ballot on its own. <laughs> Uh, Tupac probably has more of an influence in rap because of uh, the message. Notorious B.I.G., I don't think, I think if he had lived probably even another year or two, he probably would have. I mean, he had some great hits, but I, I think Tupac's message still kind of, because he, when you hear of a lot of people and this is nothing against Notorious B.I.G., who was an awesome rapper. Mm-hmm. But when you mm-hmm. think of, like, rappers who have a message or had a message, such as Nipsey Hussle or, you know, even of other people, they all came mm-hmm. up from Tupac. And mm-hmm. it was Tupac's music that influenced yeah. a lot of rappers to pretty much rap about, you know, their upbringing and not forgetting where they came from. Notorious B.I.G., even though he did that, he started to kind of like go more towards the the away from the message later in his short career, but Tupac always stuck uh, to it. It was a message. Uh-huh. The, the way I look at it is, uh, Tupac was a message. Uh, Biggie was the method. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Like it was because more. Some say Jay-Z I was think he was. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. So. I, I mean, I see that all. I. Uh, in however many years, Beyonce is going to be getting inducted in there, so why not Whitney? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. there's, I think Whitney there's now of, only because, of... you know, her influence on music. You got to think, when she's 
started, she shot right out of the gate with number one hit after number one hit after album after mm-hmm. album, and everything was Yeah, but she like, also took... She took her influences from everywhere. I mean, think about it. What was I think her her longest running number one hit was actually a country song mm-hmm. that she remade for the Bodyguard, right? Am I right in that one? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. that, that she took she she yeah she took her influences from everywhere. There was gospel. Her there mom was, was a singer rock. as well. Was, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, oh, her family, her lineage, you know, her aunt who, you know, uh, Dionne Warwick. So it, it, her whole entire family, it's music. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when you look back and, you know, forget the last few years of her life, forget how she died, forget, you know, all of that other, like, stuff back then and her marriage to Bobby Brown and everything else. But when you look at, like, the talent Talent like that only comes along once in a generation. Like the generation before her, it was Aretha Franklin. The voice for, mm-hmm. you know, that previous generation was Whitney Houston. And I always tell people probably the greatest rendition of the national anthem was hers at Super Bowl 25 in 1991 or 92. And even when you listen to it now, like, the hair on the back of your head, like, because you remember that period where you were and that song, you know, for that right time. And I think anyone who, and even now you hear about it 25, 30 years later, anyone who does a national anthem, it's always compared to whose version? Whitney's version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even now. That's legendary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. There, there's a lot of good ones on this list. And, you know, the the five or however many that make it in this year will all be deserving regardless of who they are. I mean, they really, there's a lot of good talent on this list. There's some weird ones. There's some ones that I was like, Ooh, I don't even know that I've ever heard of them, but yeah, there's some good, there's some talent this year. For sure. I don't know. I'm still waiting for Alvin and the chipmunks. I don't know what happened. I think they got robbed. It was, it was Alvin's drug addiction. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he couldn't get off the sauce. Yeah, I couldn't get off of it. Or was it Dave? <laughs> but um <laughs> anyway, with that being said, uh anything that we forgot, anything you want to add? Any special uh, hello? N- no special hello tonight. Um uh reminder, you know, Saint Patrick's Day. It'll be I'll remind closer. But um, once we get more information, I am shaving my head. The hair will go um, regardless. But if you want to donate to either St. Baldrick's or to Wigs for Kids, please do so. They're a great cause. Um, So, yay. Other than that, no, I'm good. No hellos today. Next week, maybe. I think we ought to be like uh, what Around the Horn was back in the old days of having like some – stat person tell us what we were right and what we were wrong on because I know I'm going to probably go back and probably like ah crud I was probably wrong about that but uh, of course the best way of always telling us or telling us uh, what you think is to follow us on Twitter I am over at news comment BTR and Mary is over at at Lou Eyes Mama 
We're going to get the timing on that right one day. <laughs> we'll get the timing right on it. But, uh, no, I, you know, I wanted to say uh, far so often, you know, we have people who listen, people who give us feedback. Uh, thank you. Uh, hopefully you tell your friends about us. Hopefully uh, you will listen. We promise we will have a more um, consistent schedule on Friday nights, hopefully soon. See, here's the thing. As we head into the last part of the year, everybody can relate. There will be nights where this night is just bad because everybody's busy. Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to the holidays, we'll update you uh, on all of our platforms, of course, because I'm pretty sure we'll all be stuffed with turkey on Thanksgiving night and probably out shopping on Friday. So, as we come closer to that, we will talk about that or any other programs that happen, we'll let you know. But, yeah, we can't do this show. Well, yeah, we could do it, but, I mean, we can't really do it without you. <laughs> so I thank you all for listening. I do hope that you join us again next week for another edition of Page One. And I guess in the meantime, um, be safe out there, won't you? And just love each other. I think that's the, probably the best message that I can give you because that's what the world I think is missing a little bit more of. A little bit more love yeah, and definitely. patience. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. So love take care patience. everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. All right, that's it for me. You've been great. Good night everybody.